Hey guys, it's Katie and Mandy. Welcome to the Dirty Britches Minisode. Hi everybody, we're back for another Minisode and we're going to do things a little bit differently today. <laughs> In keeping with our tradition of not having a tradition for the Minisodes, right. <laughs> um, I asked my three-year-old daughter to record uh, telling a story that we wanted to unpack with everyone today. So we're going to listen to her and you are, you're listening to us listen to her tell the story in a recording. So we think this is going to work. We'll, we'll give it a try. And then after she gets done, we're going to break down why this is an appropriate story for our podcast of white women being shitty. Are you ready? Yeah, I'm ready. I can't wait. Okay, here we go. Are you ready to start? Uh-huh. Okay, let's start. What's your name? Yeah. That's great. I'm glad you could be here today. Uh-huh. And I asked you to tell us the story of Goldilocks because sometimes I tell the story to you at night, right? Yeah. Okay, so how does the story start? Goldilocks. Yeah. With the bears. Oh, with the bears. Okay, what are the bears up to? Um, the mommy bear makes the porridge, mm-hmm. and the, the and then they ate it too hot, too cold, too hot. Mm-hmm. So they decided to take a walk, mm-hmm. and go to mm-hmm. and open up the door, and then it's uh, and then she smelled something delicious. Two bowls at the dining room. She ate daddy for too cold. She, no, too hot, she said. Uh, she ate the mama for too cold. She ate the baby for just right. She ate it all up. <laughs> and she saw figures in the room. She said the dining too hard. She said the manager is with her. Mm-hmm. And then she said, a little baby chair, and it broke. <laughs> and then she went upstairs, there were three beds. Daddy bed, mommy bed, and baby bed. Mm-hmm. So she went to daddy bed too hard. She went to mommy bed, she's smooshed in again. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and she went in the little beach, but and it was just right. She took a little nap, she had a bear coming. And she, and they saw some taking my porch, some taking my porch, and some taking my porch, and they're all gone. And so, they looked at my chair, some was in my chair, some was in my chair, some was in my chair, and they all broke. And, you know, you looked at some, and, and someone said, and Daddy said, someone's sleeping in my bed. Someone's sleeping in my bed. Someone's sleeping in my bed, and they're right here. And she got like, woke up, and a friend downstairs, and and then and she was dead. The end. Yeah. Well, <laughs> so what did we decide? Should Goldilocks have gone into their house? No. What was she thinking? Yeah. What, what do you think she was thinking? Why did she do that? I don't know. Hmm. What should the bears do? They, she should knock on the door, and then they would answer. Mm-hmm. And then she could ask, right? Yeah. Like, could I come in and play? Why is she just going in? Mm-hmm. Who does that? 
Naughty girls, huh? Naughty girls. <laughs> I'm so impressed by her storytelling skills. Oh, she loves a story. It's just nonstop story time <laughs> at our house. I will point out, very good listeners might have heard that in her retelling of Goldilocks, Goldilocks dies at the end of that story. <laughs> Sometimes I think she just kills off characters who do things that are wrong. <laughs> and Goldilocks died. But I, I realized the other day, and I texted Mandy, can we talk about this in our next minisode? Because I was telling her this story. She loves it so much. She loves telling it. And I thought, that white girl just busts up into the bear's house and just has her way with whatever she wants. And then at the end, it's like somehow their fault that she's in her house. I don't, <laughs> she's I afraid of to- them. Even though I don't even she's know. in their oh house. God. Yes. And I remembered <laughs> I, I had seen this like antique photo um, looking for things because, you know, this just like fairy tale fables that Thea likes, even though the fables I've realized as I'm telling them midway, like, oh, God, I think the moral of this story is really awful. <laughs> like, how can I rewrite the story mid telling it as I'm really tired, you know, in my kid's bed? But I, I saw this like old fashioned picture and it's this, you know, white blonde girl in a bed and then these three huge brown bears like looming over her and she's terrified. And it's so obvious that we're supposed to empathize with her. And yeah. I think in some versions of this story, that's again like, oh, poor Goldilocks. She must have been so scared. And it, I just as I was telling it to Thea, I thought, oh, my God, the nerve of this girl. So now I'm trying to make the moral of the story like, wow, can you believe what a horrible thing for her to have done? She did all these things. How can she make it right? What can she do? You know, trying to impart yeah. some lessons when really my daughter just wants to kill her off, which, you know, maybe that's okay. <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> uh, but once I texted you, then you started digging around and you said, oh, there, this is like a thing that people are kind of taking Goldilocks to task, rightfully so. I loved the article you found that you sent me. Yes, yeah. So I was thinking, I mean, I'd never thought about it. We tell all these stories and I think we don't really think about what we're saying. It's just a story. So first of all, I thought, why the hell did Goldilocks even become a story that we continue to tell our children? Like, (laughs) what is the point? I don't understand the moral of the story, even if you sympathize with Goldilocks. Why did this become popular? Did they really not have any better stories that long ago that they just told this one about her breaking into a bear's house? It's so weird. I don't understand why we keep telling it. And then when I really started thinking about what it's actually saying. I was like, I bet somebody cooler than me has talked about this before. Let's Google it. And of course, I go to Google and there's this awesome article um, by a a Nigerian author, actually. She's written a couple of books. Well, she's had one that's been published. And now she has another one that's coming out that I, of course, went and pre-ordered as soon as I looked at it. But it's by um, Lovey Jones. And she wrote about Goldilocks in 2017 on her podcast, which we will link to in the show notes. Um, But the title of her article is Goldilocks Was Criming While White. And she just breaks down the Goldilocks story. I don't know what your favorite part of it is, but she tells it. it. I know. She tells it so great. (laughs) Basically, just like this dumb little white girl that goes in, takes over, steals food, breaks property, trespasses sleeping in their bed, and then has the audacity to be 
upset and scared and run away when the bears come back to their own damn house. So, which is exactly what the story is. It's hysterical. So she says, um, she does all of that, but here's the kicker. The fact that when she saw the bears, she got alarmed and screamed for help as if she wasn't the stranger in their house, as if she wasn't the one who violated their space, as if she wasn't the one who was somewhere she wasn't supposed to be, as if she wasn't the one who wronged them. Goldilocks turned herself into the victim when she was the perpetrator, which is white supremacy and white woman damsel in distress syndrome, which there you go. (laughs) Which I actually, (laughs) when you sent that to me, I was ready to just never tell Thea Goldilocks again, even though clearly this is, you know, her hundredth retelling. She loves this story. But then after reading that article, I thought, no, actually, I like this story because it's a way into talking about our identities as white women, my mine and my daughters, and how white women often do things like this. And so I'm excited to keep telling it to her but really trying to stress the point that Goldilocks was very wrong. Look at all these things that she did that were horrible. The bears had every right to be upset with her. She had no business being in their house. How could she have done this differently? How could she make it right? Like now I feel it's, I mean, I'm hoping I can use it this way as like a helpful fable to talk about the dangers of white supremacy and for, for white girls like my daughter, how we have to be on the lookout for the times that we do that. I mean, that maybe some listeners are rolling their eyes, but I don't care. I'm sure like that's what I'm, I'm sure there are tons of people out there who will be like, Oh, or for the love, can you give me a break? Do we have to like break down every story and make it into something? Can it just be like a little nursery rhyme fable child story? But this is the thing. I think When we don't analyze these things on a deeper level, this is how it gets so deeply ingrained in our consciousness. We just accept all of these things as just stories, but there are, there's background behind it. There's meaning behind it. And if we can make something better out of it, why don't we make something better out of it? I mean, what else are you reading your kid this story for? What what other moral are you attaching to it? Is it really just a fun story to talk about somebody breaking into someone's house and taking their shit and running? At <laughs> why, the end? why is that a fun story? Yeah, this is not a story we need to keep. It's not one we need to hold sacrosanct in any way. So you can get all, you know, Chris Harrison upset at the woke police here. But <laughs> this reminds me, actually, we should put this on our uh, future mini. So this particular um, what's uh, Megan Kelly, what the anchor, former news anchor at, yeah, yeah. on Fox News. And when she went off about how Santa Claus couldn't possibly be black and, you know, you might want to mute this because we're going to undo some secrets here, but a fictional character can be whatever color you want a fictional character to be. So the, the idea that somehow <laughs> we can't imagine a black Santa Claus is so bananas or that let's we couldn't take this fairy tale and make it work in a way that we need it to work actually all fairy tales and fables i mean all stories really but especially fairy tales and fables their entire purpose is to teach kids morals and values through a bedtime story or through a song that's why they existed so i feel like all right then i want to use this story and my daughter's interest in it to try to sneak in some lessons about the dangers of 
white women and how we need to do better and we need to watch for this and you know in three-year-old friendly language of course but um i i was very excited to get that article and not feel like i was totally off my rocker (laughs) to just think about all right like what are those stories uh that we tell them and and how can we make sure that they're imparting the kinds of values and beliefs and then the the skills for noticing things that we want them to notice yeah I liked another part um, of her essay where she said, in a world that rarely protects women, when it does choose to do so, it only protects white girls and women. They have been and are still allowed to get away with murder, literally, for centuries. They are given miles of grace that some of us don't even have inches inches of access. It is part of the function of white supremacy, the presumption of innocence, even when proven guilty with facts. So, we just read a whole story about how Goldilocks goes in, commits all these crimes against this family, and then she's still the innocent girl running away, crying at three bears when she leaves their house. There's a problem with this story. You may have never thought about it before. It may be a little bit disturbing to you to think about <laughs> it now, but just put that critical lens onto all of the things and all of the stories that we tell this like isn't really related, but it kind of is. So it reminded me of the story my mom told me. Wait a second. You're going to go on a tangent. I don't think we're okay with tangents. (laughs) My God. I feel like most of what we've been talking about, like most of our airtime is tangents at this point. I know. Sorry. Go ahead. And me interrupting you also. (laughs) No, tangent, tangent number one. I was talking to my mom on the phone. She was telling me a story about my aunt, my aunt who listens to this podcast. Hi, Kathy, um, who is a nurse. And sorry, Kathy, I'm going to tell your story. She works (laughs) in... she works in the PACU, which is like the post-anesthesia recovery unit after people come out of surgery. And my mom told me the story thinking it was hysterical. And I'm sure when you just listen to it, you would think it was hysterical. So she was taking care of a patient. And when he was coming out of anesthesia, you're groggy, you say things that you don't remember, or you do things. And he just reached up and grabbed her boob and then went back to sleep. And the other nurse standing next to her was just looking at her. And Kathy looked at the other nurse and she's like, yep, he just grabbed my boob. And he laughed. And my mom, you know, my mom goes, isn't that hysterical? And I was like, ah, no. (laughs) I mean, I I don't mean to be like, again, the annoying person that's like, a funny story isn't funny, but it's not fucking funny. I mean, this is like <laughs> this. I told my mom, I was like, listen, mom, think about it this way. How ingrained in it, in the psyche of that man, is it that he has the right to assault a woman, that he does it unconsciously? Like, where does that come from? That it doesn't even take conscious thought in his brain that he would just reach up and grab a woman's boob. This is what's wrong. Like, Mm -hmm. that it's so deep in us. And it comes from these sorts of things. It comes from not thinking critically about things. Off my soapbox. No, stay. Stay (laughs) stay there. Have a cup of coffee. Tangent off your tangent. (laughs) <laughs> that I had surgery. Of course, I mentioned this last week. So I was, I had general anesthesia and I, <laughs> I came out of it and I, I was so loopy, but I remember saying something like, um, something about how I have to get home to record. And they were like, Oh, record what? And I was like a podcast. And one of the nurses said a podcast about what? And I said, 
white women's complicity in white supremacy. And then I was conscious enough to feel the awkward crickets that ensued after that. Just like, uh-huh. Okay. <laughs> All right. So then I got, I, even in my like semi-conscious state, I remember thinking like, well, that's awkward. So maybe there's yeah. some nurses somewhere thinking that that story is weird. But I will say that's <laughs> less weird than me grabbing somebody's boob. It would yeah. be weird for me to do that. But it, yeah. that's, I agree. That story is actually just like, really depressing. So disturbing. I mean, it's even the number of times that I could recount about, you know, being at work, seeing people trying to take care of them and then making comments like, oh, you're really pretty. Are you married? And I'm like, I'm at my job. I'm not here to get hit on. Like, these are things that are not okay to do. We're just going to make a list of things that are not okay to do. Like, (laughs) (laughs) People are working. Don't hit on them. These things are not cool. Conscious or unconscious, please don't do these things. Yeah. I mean, people think they're being nice people. And I've called people out on it before. I've said like, believe it or not, I don't come to work to be hit on. And then it's like, you're the bitch that said something like that. They're like, oh, I was just trying to be nice. Jeez. You're like, no, no, it's not. I don't it's it's no. like Goldilocks saying to the three bears, just chill out. Just calm yeah. down. I'll buy you a new chair. Jeez. Smile more, <laughs> bears. Right. God, you're so growly and like teethy oh, all the time. You're so mad. Yeah. Uh, well, uh, thank you well for there you go. Me. Thank we you broke that down. <laughs> Another time it. we can talk about Dr. Seuss. Google that one, guys. Google that one. Good God. We actually, yes, we've got like a children's book episode planned. There's a lot to unpack there. But yes, Dr. Seuss is a good rabbit hole to send people down. So there's your little action set for the day. Um, All right, guys. Thank you, everybody. Good to talk to you all. We'll be back again. We'll see you soon. Okay, bye.